Hey awesome nerds and welcome to a special episode of DND and TV, or as we call this one, DND and Movies, which doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Uh, but it is the podcast, the weekly podcast, where we rewatch or recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about the themes, concept, and characters can be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me on this very special bonus episode is my co-host, Afif, who is currently air rollerblading on the top of the Sears Tower with an angel werewolf from space. And I'm causing so much destruction, but we're just going to hand wave all of that away. Very, Hand wave. Hand wave it all away. (laughs) We're not worrying about anything. Uh, um, We we are talking about this episode, Jupiter Ascending from 2015, the film where, if I find my synopsis in time, um, a young woman discovers her destiny as an heiress of an intergalactic nobility and must fight to protect the inhabitants of Earth from an ancient and destructive industry. Uh, that's from the IMDb, uh, what do you call synopsis. Oh my god, why did you make me watch this? What a film. I Upon rewatching it, I didn't realize how much stuff I had kind of blocked out from my memory mm. upon the first watch. Like... It's wild. I I remember it all. Sadly, I remember too much um, <laughs> from my first watch, and yet there was still a whole bunch of stuff that I I didn't remember. And honestly, the bits I didn't remember, I really enjoyed. I actually enjoyed the bits like um, Mister Gregan, the the dragon dude. Um, I remember a lot of the fight scenes taking a lot less time, or maybe I just you know repressed them. Oh God, the fights, yeah. Jesus. I just, I just, I tuned out for all of the fights. Like, They're just so, it's... Uh, so uninteresting. I, I don't know yeah. how to describe it. Like, there's just so little investment in, in what's happening. So little investment. It's like, given how amazing the fights were in Arcane, and then coming from that yeah. to this, and even the fight, like, what was the most recent film before this from the Wachowskis? I'm going to assume that it was like The Matrix or something. <laughs> I don't know. This honestly. film came out 2015. 2015, yeah. Oh, no, it would have been V for um, Vendetta. Cloud Atlas at least. 2012. Cloud Atlas. All right. That's, um, did they do actually... V for Vendetta? They did V for Vendetta, yeah. Oh, look at that. Screenplay. Screenplay, yeah. I don't know who actually directed that. I can't remember. Not um, but the point is that those two films kind of you can very clearly that the fight choreographer was not the same is my point no but you feel um, like was it the same i don't know like the matrix is very anime all the fights yes this is um, very anime yes but in a <laughs> bad way <laughs> yeah this no that's not fair the thing that this made me think of was the um the the science fiction story that i started writing when i was 12 and it turned out that all me and all my friends were uh, actually like superpowered aliens, and I uh, had to go on like go into space and save worlds, and that's literally what happens in this. This, it's like, I mean, it's a good it's a good movie to talk about for this podcast because it does just true. feel like a D and D game, like but it like a really bad does one. like <laughs> like they're just making it up as they go along. Oh yeah, totally. There's you can see how each part comes through. There's like, okay, here's the part where you're on on Earth and like you're getting the group together and you've got a bit of a chase scene and then you've got a boss battle and then you go into space and you meet a whole bunch of people and then you got another boss battle and then you go on to this other place and then you meet these people and then there's a boss battle. And that's kind of how it goes each time. Yeah, and it's like here's some NPCs, we're gonna make them important later. Keep an eye on that. Uh you know what? Let's I, f- I forgot that those people were here. Let's just no, let's not worry about them anymore. Let's, yeah. Yeah. And look at this wacky way- thing. Isn't it crazy how weird this world I've created is? Okay, we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry about your stats too much, okay? Oh, I've got this ability. I for- I've, Look, I wasn't reading my sheet. I didn't. I forgot that I could use that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot I had that one. <laughs> <sighs> okay, where do we even start with this movie? All right, like- let's start with a very basic plot. Let's go through the plot just very quickly. Um, so, Myla Kunis, um, who we love, can't can't argue. Well, Is it Myla or Mila? Prob- I've always heard Mila. 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 Mila Kunis, Mila. who we love, even though she's a little problematic right now. 
thanks to the um the Danny Masterson thing. Um is Jupiter Jones, named Jupiter because her dad was an astronomer and her, she's a Russian immigrant to the States and she cleans toilets for a living, but she's still gorgeous because Mila Kunis. Uh, anyway, she's also the re- the genetic reincarnation of a 91,000-year-old woman from space um, who was murdered by her children. Uh, and basically, the Earth is a giant... How would you call it? Meat factory, I guess? Uh, it's like, imagine, you know, like a, a matrices of sorts of just interconnected planets being farmed for their human resources. And a totally <laughs> original idea. To turn all of humanity into this holds up copper like, What if the matrix, but it's not batteries, it's, like, it's fountain of youth. And space. Yeah. yeah, what if instead of robots aliens um, oh my god yeah that's kind of it that basically her, these three different people these three nobles space nobles um are hunting her to prove that she's their mother reborn and get the earth uh, that's it so that they can continue wiping out civilizations for yep. liquid goo that makes people young um, which we'll we'll get to that because that's got a yeah. that's got a great name. It's awesome. I think just on the space royalty thing, I fucking love the bees. <laughs> yes, the bees. The, the bees, bees are. We'll, so we will get. To them. We will get to the bees. Uh, yes, because yeah. in this she does have someone who's hunting her, but also wanting to help her, which is Channing Tatum, also known as Kane Wise. Just don't don't ask. His name is Kane Wise. He's a genetically modified werewolf with wings. Um, and he falls in love with her, but he's hired to get her to one person, but he takes her back to a different person and then realizes, no, she's her own person. Um, Sean Bean's there, and he he's really into bees. She goes and sees all the different members of the family, and they, one of them tries to marry her, one of them tries to kill her, and one of them tries to blackmail her into signing over her royalty, her property, uh, or they'll kill her family, and that's it. They She defeats them all and gets the earth. I fully and lost goes, track of like who was on whose side and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. That's the thing. It does not matter. Like, it's everyone like, is it's against- It's like, it's Mila Kunis and- the Channing Tatum against the world. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. This is again, why it's so adolescent. It's like, like oh, I we don't... betrayed you, but I forgive you and we're good now, but no, you're betrayed. And it's just, oh God. <laughs> what, what kind of bugs me is that it's adolescent in both the good sense and the most aggravating sense of the word for me. Like I'm on yes. board with a lot of the YA dystopia that has come out over the few decades there are bad elements to it and a lot of those bad elements are the romance aspects of it and this has all of those yeah because it's like <laughs> it, it's young people don't understand like, like of all yeah. the things you know that's one of those yeah. things where your perspective really really changes as you get older um and maybe like for a young audience it's like oh yeah this is what love is uh but then you get older and you're like what the what is that no what is you idiot it's given such a shallow view of it as well that there's a she's adam there's a moment where jupiter's talking to kane and she's all like oh my i must be my genetics are flawed because i've got a compass that always points me to the wrong man i'm like we have seen you interact with exactly two men so far and they've both been relatives of yours the not counting Kane. Like, yeah. where is your evidence to back this up? Yeah, like, we don't that see cousin, anything. There's that cousin of hers who's uh, Australian but with, like, a kind of bad American accent, but he's Russian. Why is he Australian? Yeah, you can, you can tell. If you listen to it, you can hear he's, like, a oh, little of bit course. of Australian. Because he's Kit Gurry. Yeah. Um, and for some reason is just weirdly invested in her eggs, um, as a normal cousin would do. Um, you know those like it's Russian like, cousins you have in America that have an Australian accent, like yeah, yeah. Uh, for those wondering, Kit Gurry was in Looking for Alabrandi, one of the best 
coming of age Australian <laughs> pieces of Australian. He's cinema. also in um, Edge of Tomorrow, and he's got his yeah. Australian accent in Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, which was much better from this one. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to put out Kane. His name is Canine, missing an N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He's a canine because he's yeah, a wolf, and, and he's Sean wise. You see, because he's wise. <laughs> he loves because he's got bees. His name is Stinger. Yeah. Oh, Just it's it's one of those. Uh, okay, have you ever heard of My Immortal? My no, I've not. This isn't the okay. So there was. It's still up for debate whether it was a parody or whether it was an actually serious fanfic. Um, but it was a Harry Potter fanfic, uh, and it is. Everything that fanfic did poorly and everything that it did amazingly, where it's complete fantasy, like power fantasy. Oh, yeah, I'm the super goth girl whose name is actually Raven Ebony Darkness Dementia Way. And like it, this is that like on on steroids. Like, oh, yeah, I'm beautiful, but I have to scrub toilets for a living. And I met this guy who's immediately into me and gets to fly around on his super cool rollerblades that go in the air. And it's just utter wish fulfillment. Oh, yeah. Um, and and I think especially the royalty aspect is just very classic. Yeah. Classic fairy tale, like okay. children's Let's story. Let us start there. Because well, we're going to talk about the bees because of this. Thanks to, to Sean Bean. We can't not talk Get about it? the bees. Get it, Sean Bean. The beans are very important to the story. That's true. <laughs> um, so this is the basic fairy tale fantasy D&D structure where you have discovering that there is a rightful ruler to the throne and you've got to get up there. Like, that's, that's a fair adventure to me. Yeah, solid prompt, yeah. Good hook. Yeah, and they've decided, hey, let's make one of the characters the rightful ruler. And part of their journey is going to be making sure that they are up to the task or realizing the enormity of what they're going to have to do. Like, super on board with that. Yeah. Um, I like that. I mean, that. listen, there are aspects of this film that are good, right? Like, there are bits yes. and pieces. On a very base and, level, yes. Yes. Um, like, I mean, stuff the like the, the, the production, you know, design and stuff like that is very, very well done, you know, just from a quality the, perspective. The message of the film is that somebody discovers that the rich are literally eating people to live and wants to stop that. But it's also like, then the ending, let's not, we'll get to the ending later. Yeah, we'll get to the <laughs> ending. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about no that. I, the, let's talk about this idea that you just have a character who discovers that they're royalty, or maybe they already knew they were royalty, and this is just the quest to get them to the rightful, their rightful place, their inheritance as it were. Like, that's a great motivation for going going through it. And if you look at all the things that happen, like all the ways that the villains try to get Jupiter to, like, give up the Earth, it all comes down to them working sort of within the rules. Like, they're still doing it via yes. legal means. It's just they're lawful doing it in- yeah. yeah. So, it is, it's kind of like a lawful evil thing. It's like you've got uh, the three villains. Okay, We'll, we'll get onto villains later. Okay, you have the three children of the original original scion, original ruler that uh, Jupiter's reincarnated as. You have Balaam, Reddy Redmayne. You have Kalik, Tuppence Middleton, and you got Titus, who's uh, what's his name? Something Booth. Um, I don't. Douglas know. Booth. Douglas Booth. Um, the two boys are obviously super villains for whatever reason, and I would argue that Kalik is a villain as well. But we'll get into that. Titus tries to get control of her through marrying her. And he tries to get control of the earth through that means. It's like he's doing it. He's doing being a villain through that method. But that's a legal way of doing it. And Balaam, he like kidnaps Jupiter's family and is all sign over to me or I'll kill the family. But he's very much, you need to sign. Like you need to do this willingly in inverted commas. It's like, I can't just take it from you. This has to be actually yeah. through the legal process. Otherwise, it's not it's not going to work. And that is really interesting because, again, it's this heir has shown up. And as soon as they prove that she is the heir, everything goes to her. 
is not someone denying, no, you're not the queen because you're from Earth. No, you're not the queen because you just happen to have the same genes. It's you are the queen now. There's like this rightful idea of this is how the world works. And it's interesting to build an adventure around that because it kind of limits your villains in what they're willing to do or what where the, the stakes are going to go there. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's like having specific, you know, you're giving them rules that they have to follow. Um, and that yeah. can be nice for the players to know, like, oh, this is for them to work within, basically, right? It's not just like, oh, I don't know, we could do anything. It's like, oh, this is a specific, you know, it's it's direction to it. Um, but I think as well, well, I mean, you brought up the whole, like, hook of, you know, returning a, a rightful heir to their throne sort of thing. But yeah. This is, would you do this as like, she's one of the player characters or like, how would you get, how would you get like people to buy in and sort of invest in that? I think that's tricky because the rightful heir as an NPC, generally players like, well, what's so good about them? Exactly. Yeah. What are they going to give me if I, if I help you get back on the throne? Where's my Princeton kind of attitude. But also if you make one of the players, that rightful heir, it becomes a little bit main character syndrome that everybody else is just kind of there for the, to fill out the numbers. It's like, it's really their story. Yeah. Um, which I think if you talk with the players beforehand, not necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm thinking in particular, something like um, Henry the fourth, um, the Shakespearean play where Prince Hal who would eventually become Henry V, is actually a major player and he has his his little entourage with him. And that's kind of kind of the point that it's this young prince discovering what it means to be a good person, you know. So it's not necessarily there he's not the main character, or in this case, the the player wouldn't be that player wouldn't be the main character. This would just be part of the adventure that they go on through their life, just as the same as all the other characters are going on an adventure through their life. Yeah. So that's a way you can make one of the players, sorry, one of the character player characters, the heir. But honestly, I think it's better to make the main character, main character, I'm fucking up all my words today. I think it's better to make one of the player characters the heir because that gives them an incentive to do it. If you make an NPC the heir, then the players are going to go, well, what's in it for us? Yeah, or they might kind of back out at the last moment sort of thing. Yeah, um, and you can't, they're more you can't really guide yeah. them as easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it is also fun to be like, well, you never thought uh, you were the third son and uh, the evil duke has, or the evil uncle has killed everybody else and now you've got to go up and, and become king, even though you never wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's honestly how I'd rather do it. That it's like, they may have created the character with, I'm just the fourth son of the line. I'm not actually in line for the throne. And then you, through circumstance, make them in line for the throne. And it's like, well, what do you do? Do you step up? What's the, the situation here? And have them make that choice. But it's it's such a classic fantasy trope, like the sword and the stone. Yeah. Like, But it feels like, because I mentioned those things about main character syndrome, it feels difficult to pull off in an RPG. And even you look at this, who's the party in this? It's Kane. Yeah, it's very small. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kane and Jupiter. It's like you got one game master and two players. Is this just like a like a one person game, even? Like like a one on one you got your GM and then NPC. I don't think, like I don't think it's one on one. I think it's uh at least three people. Okay. I think it might be four. I think there's um, like a guest. I think Sean Bean's character is like the person who keeps can't make it out to every session. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, ah, uh, yeah, I, I've been doing this while you guys were who are doing that. It's like I'm, basically he makes it to two sessions in the entire entire campaign, but the rest of the time, yeah, there's Kane and Jupiter are the players. Honestly, I think it's one of those mismatched games where <laughs> Kane's player is very into combat and built like this super min-maxed fighter. 
And when it was explained, you're going to be like the reincarnation of this this ruler of, um, I guess, a corporation that Jupiter's players like, oh my gosh, we're going to have like so much intrigue and like so many ideas coming through and so much discussion. And so it has zero combat ability. <laughs> and somehow the game I mean- master had to go, you're in the same game. Have fun with that. Yeah, this is definitely, like, mismatched expectations going in. Yeah, for uh, sure. But, like, what does, she, what does she do during this movie? Like, what, what, do what she is do? she good at? <laughs> what, is, what are her redeeming qualities, apart from just being, quote-unquote, nice because she was poor? Well, like, Well, I can tell you, she loves dogs. And she's good at reading the, the legal royal code conduct book you know i know i noticed that as well <laughs> she got reading skills yeah yep she's got reading skills she learned all the things that uh, if somebody kidnaps you you definitely know what they're they're guilty of like what the code and the <laughs> the thing is such a compelling protagonist i mean i know On a, okay i'm gonna cut them some slack because a lot of it is about her realizing she has the agency to make her own choices and all these other people are telling her no you don't so i'm cutting them a little bit of slack in that writing but it makes a really fucking boring film oh yeah like the fact that she just chooses oh i guess i will get married to you titus that's probably the best option it's like no no there's no. a lot of this movie that just feels repetitive. It's like, yes. there's a fight scene, and then there's another fight scene later, and it's like, didn't I watch this already? And then I remember at the end as well, I was like, oh, that's the big the big boss finale. Like, oh, we just had a big, look at that epic set piece. Oh, wait, there's another one. There's still one more. Oh, there's still another bad guy we have to deal with. There's a whole, <laughs> literally do it all again. <laughs> yeah, I literally did that in the again. wedding scene. <laughs> In the wedding scene, oh I was God. like, oh, yeah, cool, he came through the wall. This feels like like an ending. Wait, this is only like 90 minutes in. This is a two-hour... Oh, God. Oh, God, all right. It just keeps right. going. It just keeps yep. going. It just keeps going. And honestly, if that had been the end of the film, it would have been okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that was fine. That was there's a good a lot, ending. There's a lot that feels, like, unnecessary, and I guess this is a good like writing tip which is not really yes. the same as being like applicable to a D game but maybe you can kind of expand I think on how does. you would apply it yeah but it's just like does this serve the story you know and i think there's a lot yeah. in this film that just doesn't serve the story it's just yeah. there for the sake of being there no i think you're exactly right i would say does this encounter serve the story or is it there to fill in time with uh with a role-playing game and sometimes it fills in time and that's fine because all you want to do that week is grab some dice and have a little combat against some spiders and everybody goes home happy because they're you know a victor or you need it to wear down the resources of the party a little bit but none of the things here have those stakes um they just kind of happen um and there's yeah. no like the the bureaucracy scene is iconic for this film like I, honestly one of the highlights <laughs> yeah it is an amazing film and it's got advocate bob who is a great character never mentioned before never seen again but none of that actually matters like that could have been i mean it's a montage already but it's a good two three minutes that are not needed yeah exactly they could have just it gone doesn't... from one to the end yeah, it doesn't really add, it just doesn't add anything, like, to the, it's not, it doesn't come up again, like, isn't referenced later, isn't like, oh, that's because of that, like, oh, that makes right. sense, you know, it's just its own, it's like a little short film inside the middle of the film. And it's things like that, particularly, let's say D&D, it's the travel between locations. It's mm, like, is the yeah. travel important to the story right now? Can you get away with doing something like, okay, so you travel three days. Um, are there any conversations you want to have along the way? Like, is there anything you want to interact with with each other? Maybe you can like, is it important that they come across some bands along the way? Is it important that they see an owlbear? Maybe, maybe not. But try to make the the things that occur important to the story, if not at least important to the characters. Yeah. And it feels like so much of this doesn't do that. The fact that Stinger has a daughter 
Like, what purpose does that daughter serve? Well, she comes up again later. I think that's his. Um, she comes. The reason up again. why he, the reason why he betrayed Cain. Yeah, it's like oh my daughter. That's exactly it's. They, it's exactly why. Do we need to, to get introduced to the sick. daughter she's to a do sick, that? She's a sick daughter. So yeah, she's a sick daughter. I'm sad. The bees can't help her anymore. Like, there's again the bees. Why yeah, does it matter? <laughs> okay, here's where we talk about the bees. The bees they work as the royalty thing because of reasons. They work in this situation as well. Why are bees able to recognize royalty, and why is she able to control bees? Why are they everywhere? Like, I get if you're a beekeeper, you like bees, yeah. but they're not going to yeah. be all over your home, like inside and everywhere. <laughs> I thought he was part bee, like the same was way he? that um, I thought the way that that um, like he's a splice. McCall. Yeah, he's a he's a bee splice. I thought that was said. I feel like some of the some of the splices are like really prominent, like they're they're crossovers, and then yeah. oh, he is a bee splice. Okay, good. Why so doesn't not- he have like? Mandibles or something, you know, like I don't know. I don't know. What advantage the is he gaining from being a bee slice? Well, he's able to recognize royalty. That's his uh, his, his thing. Oh and God. interestingly enough, what makes her royalty? She's the head of a corporation. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's not royalty. That's a CEO. Um. All right. Here's the thing about. So I I know where they were going with the whole bee analogy. Like I get okay, why okay, good they because it's really frustrating. Because it's right, like because because bee well because bees have a queen and they're like how can it's we true. demonstrate that she's royalty? Um, you know what has a queen? Bees. Um, but I guess my question is like why? And they're trying to world build and like you know like this is the reason why and like explaining the stuff why stuff is is cool I guess. As far as sure, building is sure. concerned. It's not. But, but like, okay. why is it why is it so bad? <laughs> like why does it not work? I think because, because we mentioned before, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like it literally they make an effort to explain something and then not have it mean anything. Like let's compare the best thing I've seen in world building, and it's a Star Wars thing, but it's an incredibly minor one. And this is the skeleton of the crate dragon in a new hope. Like you just have C3PO walking along this desert and there's a giant dragon-like skeleton on a ridge behind him. Never explained, never mentioned, doesn't need to be. It's basically scenery. But yeah. when your brain's looking at it, you go, oh shit, what the hell's that? Like what type of si- I want to see that. I wonder if it'll show up. And it, if it doesn't, doesn't matter because it's not talked about. The bees in this are talked about. The bees in this are a part of a plot, but it just kind of doesn't go anywhere. I think it's a good lesson as well of just like, oh, I think maybe if you're a DM and you're like building a world, you want to Ooh. explain stuff. You're like, oh, I want to yes. like, this is why I like get it. This is why the taxes are so high in this region. It's because yeah. of the goblin infestation or whatever. And your players are just like, what the fuck? I don't care. You know, yeah. like. Um, Unless so they're going to go annoying. deal with the goblin infestation. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And it's it just doesn't. It's also in this context as well. It's like if everyone's just saying like you're the queen, you're the queen, you're the queen. Like people will just accept it. You know, like they don't. The audience doesn't need evidence in the form of B behavior mm. to to validate that statement. You know, it feels like the reason she's a queen is so she can get off on Kane saying your Majesty. I like dogs. Like, yeah, she loves dogs, actually. Um, that's what it feels like. Like, they worked backwards from that. They're like, oh, it's really, really hot for girls when a guy's like, your majesty, I will serve you anything you want. And they're like, all right, cool. Well, if she's royalty, then we need, like, some way to show she's royalty, so bees. And that feels like how it's come. It's like working backwards does not work that way. Like, if they were like, it'd be really cool if she could control bees. Well, why can't she control bees? Oh, I know, because she's a queen. That's not much better, but it, it's better. So uh, I'm looking at other splices, and one of, them, one of them is an elephant splice. And if you look at it, it's like the most horrific, you know, like mutilated island of Dr. Moreau, like, yep. 
Mr. And Nash. It's like, why, why does he look like this? But then Sean yeah. Bean just looks like Sean Bean. <laughs> like, why, why does Channing Tatum look like he's just got pointy ears and a bit of a beard when he should have like a big long snout? Yeah. Also, he's albino, apparently. He's part albino. Yeah, that was that was really left field. Again, just <laughs> unnecessary detail. Yeah, it's, it's so much unnecessary. To, so what we're getting from this is just just have necessary details. Don't have unnecessary details. It's tempting to world like dump your entire exposition like he does in the car. He's like, oh well, there's three people that you're going to be worried about, and they're this person and this person and this person, and this is what they're like, and this person, but this person's like, this is who came after you. This is why they're not going to remember anything. It's like, dude, what the fuck. I'm just going to point out that this is also the second film that I'm aware of that Channing Tatum has a wound staunched by a uh, menstruation product. Oh, yeah, it is true. Yeah. Just just saying that. I think they were, were they around the same time? They can't have been. Like, um, uh, she's the man. Must I think have that, been way yeah, that was probably this. earlier. Yeah, it was early. I mean, it um, was like step right. up to the streets level. <laughs> so, speaking of world building. I yes. actually, there was something about this movie I did like in that regard. Okay. So Besides credit, the bureaucracy scene. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I did like a lot of the technology that they had. Yes. I like the I way they presented a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of that like retro futuristic almost. Um, and it was cool because it was like super old, but also mm. super t- high tech which kind of mm-hmm. represents all the society and stuff. It's like they've been around for a really long time, but they're also, yeah. you know, they're obviously very advanced because of it. And it was a nice kind of mishmash of those two things, I think. Yeah, I quite like that as well. There was kind of a look to it, like this classical look, I guess. The, the aesthetic. Yeah, it's like a sort can- of like, you know, you'd see like typewriters and stuff and like. Yeah. And that, particularly in that bureaucracy scene, because it was typewriters and it was like these old, like steampunky style things as well, that felt like these things have been going for thousands of years. And with that level of bureaucracy, yeah, it's not getting fixed. Yeah. Like you're using the thing that your grandfather used because it's hell to requisition one. But see, that kind of world building to me is very well done. Like that's the the little bits of description you have when you're describing an NPC and you're like, and they've got the the jeweled diadem and they're wearing an emerald or something. And like you make it an emerald because they're, I don't know, a wood elf or something. So it kind of matches and it's just that little bit of, yeah, it's an emerald. It doesn't matter why it's an emerald. You just tell them it's an emerald and that goes in their head as green. So you see a typewriter and you go, oh, typewriters, that reminds me of typing pools. That reminds me of like a little bit of, the the monkeys tapping at the type the infinite monkeys tapping at a typewriter. So it's the semiotics of the um Yeah. <laughs> All right, I mean, now we're getting into be... fucking hell, semiotic stuff. I'm not I'm not gonna get into semiotics. Well like on that it could even be like something unrelated. You could be like the gem is the lapis lazuli or something. And just yeah. by specifically naming it though, it gets people thinking they're like, oh like why is it? You didn't just say a gem. You said mm-hmm. this gem. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you want for your play. You want your players to do all the thinking for you. You want to just plant yes. the seed and let them try and come up with all the ridiculous explanations. You want them to invest in that world. Like you want them yeah, to invest in the world and start to ask questions to about it, but you need to have something ready to answer when, when those questions come up. Yeah. I mean, like it's a good way to see what they're interested in as well, you know, instead of yeah. coming up with a bunch of stuff and then being like, okay, what do you, what are you interested in? You just have like the bare hints of it. And then they're like, oh, this thing, what, I wonder what this thing is. And you're like, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to write about. Like, yeah, it, it, this feels like a movie or a, an RPG where they had a lot of plot. Um, but Jupiter Jones, her player was not engaging with any of it. Like they just kind of put it there, and she's like, "I don't know what to do in this situation." Oh, like, oh, um, I've, I've I had players shift. like that, yeah. And then they're giving them a new situation. It's like I don't know what to do in this either because you're not actually like they're making a big fancy speech. You're giving me a lot of exposition, but you're not actually giving me a choice here. 
or even it's just that player that just doesn't know how to make a choice and they kind of they're expecting you to tell a story for them you know yeah um they, they're just kind of there like okay cool what happens next yeah well, it's, it's it's up to you it's up to you oh okay uh i have sex with the dog man <laughs> <laughs> i i marry the the incubus yeah <laughs> that's what i do <laughs> Um, did you did you notice with Kane as well while we're talking about world building that his mm. gun like barks? I didn't. That's kind of fantastic, <laughs> like, like, actually. Like when he shoots his gun, it makes like a barking sound. It's like row, 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 row. that's <laughs> pretty it's cool. Like, it's obviously like tuned out to to sound more lasery. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. I like that idea. Like that's oh, down it. to hate you hate it. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's, it's so stupid. Like, why? It is stupid, but it's like, well, you know, frantic <laughs> noises, like wherever you want when you're making making um, sound effects. Like the laser blasts from Star Wars are the steel pylons from a, a radio tower that someone just kind of hit with a spanner. And the Millennium Falcon yeah, but it is doesn't a sound. It doesn't sound but, like that when you hear it. You're not, you're not no, listening like, to it I and didn't... you're like, oh, that's a radio tower. It's weird that they're swinging radio towers around. Yeah, this is like honestly, this is this is like why why is he barking at that other guy? Oh, he's shooting him. Oh, okay, because he's a dog. Yeah, she loves dogs. Uh, I didn't notice to tell the truth, which to me is a good sign of a of a good audio thing. Uh, if I just tune it out, honestly, and just no. go, yeah, the gun's firing. But that's also I may have just tuned out a lot of this movie. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, honestly, all the action sequences, I just kind of tuned into, like, they blurred together. Like, I tried to take like notes. Like, all those, the- like, bounty mm-hmm. people at the start? Were they bounty yeah. hunters? I don't know who they were. They were bounty hunters. Like, he was a bounty hunter like, as well. They, it, it's like, they set him up as if, like, oh, these people are going to be important. Yeah. And then they just, like, they I were can't individuals. remember when they stopped. I can't remember when they stopped being in that movie. Like, <laughs> I can tell you exactly when, because I was actually quite thrilled by what was going on with them. And then there was a bit um, at the end where I just realized, like, oh, these people aren't here. It's been a while since I've seen them. I guess, I guess they're gone. Yeah. So they, uh, well, this is because they leveled up and they didn't need those foes anymore. Like, they're, they're not an option to fight. Um, I did like that the three that we get to know most, there's the guy with, like, the big eye that's, that's shoved in his head and he just, like, grit, like, leers at people and has, like, a big sonic cannon. There's the girl with the blue hair on the bike, and then there's the dude, um, oh, the dude that like He's got is, the weird mohawk the, thing. Yes, the weird mohawk dude. Um, and they're the two that double cross the other guy. Sure, <laughs> because the fact that we can name like these are three of them. These are three people who we recognise the looks of. We kind of remember them from that. That's a great way of doing recurring NPCs. Like, have a distinct, even just in a small battle, have a distinct look for the character. So it's not just, you're fighting a faceless soldier. It's like, no, you're fighting this dude with an eye patch and bad teeth. And, like, that's going to make it memorable. People are like, oh, you've got, like, bad breath. Ha ha. It's like, yeah, you're remembering the guy you're about to stab in the neck. That's that's fine. I'm happy with that. But it means in a fight scene, you kind of know who's on which side. It's not just faceless goons smashing at each other uh anyway they disappeared because they had this amazing double cross uh where they basically went cool we're not going to send her to balam like we were paid to we're going to send her to Kalik, who's going to pay us more and that was a very cool moment for me because it made me feel like the game master's gone okay they fucked up i need to get them to a different location they're at a dead end, not sure how this is going to go. Let's get them somewhere else. And I've got NPCs to do the job. Yeah. Well, it was like, that's, nah, that's a nice that thinking on your feet. Yeah. And then after that, they're out of the story because they are no longer important for the story. Okay. Sure. It's like, that's, that's great. I, I'm quite happy. You reached a certain point. You've leveled up to level five. Those people are no longer going to be a threat to you at level five. So they wander out of the plot tail. <laughs> They're gone. <sighs> these, 
splice. I'm so hung up on these splices. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, pick your favorite. Another... Before... No, it's just another unnecessary detail, right? It's like you don't need half human, half animal hybrids, right? Like you, Star Wars you, you can just be a guy. You can just be an alien. Okay, what's weirder? It did... That she wants okay. to fuck a dog man or she wants to fuck an alien who's kind of got dog traits? I don't think legally I'm allowed to answer this question. I feel like the first one not, is weirder. Not since the incident. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it does remind mm. me of, like, in Arcane, you've got, yes. like, the bat guy. And the yes. bat guy was, like, so cool. And his Man design yeah. was cool. Um, and I think that's, like, a big difference in animation versus live action, where yeah. you see all of, the, like, I'm looking at all the different splices and I'm like, Apart from like Sean Bean, who just looks like Sean Bean, um, yeah. all of them are just like weirdly uncanny. Um, I guess the the dear lady is actually she's fine, but a lot of them are very uncanny, and it's like Ugh, which I one's I a like dear this. lady? You barely even notice she's a deer. Um, she's like it's kind of like how Doric is a tiefling, and she's just got like little horns. Like basically, it's kind of the same. Which one's the dear lady? She's Titus's like right hand. Oh, I thought person. she was a mouse. No, didn't she have? She has horns, right? Maybe, maybe she does have horns. Maybe um, I'm, I'm just kind of, of conflating yeah. it. Yeah, she must. Okay, I'll agree that she's probably a deer or a doe or something. Oh, she's got she's got bigger ears. Yeah, yeah, she's got big ass ears. Um, because Balam's like this little sniveling servitude man. Yeah, uh, is very guy, clearly yeah. some sort of rodent. Like they were not subtle with that one. Yeah, but it's just uncanny and uncomfortable. Um, and I don't uh, think you should make people uncomfortable for no reason. At a table? <laughs> no, always have a reason just, when you make someone in, uncomfortable. I mean, in general, you know, it's a good rule of thumb, but at least if it's if it's serving a, a greater purpose to the story, it's like, okay, I can kind of understand it, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of the, the splices, all right, I want to get on to the villains. Because I, looking at my notes, I actually do have quite a lot to say about this this film and how it could be used for for D anD D or an RPG, like the whole chase sequence when they're fleeing. That's like a whole thing I wanted to talk about, um, but that's just general chases. Basically, I'll just say that very quickly. They're at a disadvantage, and they have to go into the chase and run away, and then he gets a ship, and they're no longer at a disadvantage, and now the tables are turned, and that's a great way to run a chase, in my opinion. Like yeah. I can see players getting behind that, right? Like, oh no, we're really outnumbered. Let's run, but give them the opportunity to grab something, and that'll mean that they can turn around and start fighting back. And that's what they really want to do. All right, but that's uh, that's just all I want to say on that. Let us talk about Balam, Kalik, and Titus. Because firstly, is Kalik one of the villains? What happened with her? Because she was another character that I just kind of realized at the end, like, oh, I haven't seen her in a while. What, what happened to her? Yeah. Uh, she kind of showed up, um, had had Jupiter kidnapped, uh, got naked in front of her, and was all like, "This is your your legacy. You can have youth eternal." And then um, Kane broke in and was all like, "Oh, I'm taking her to the cops." And she's like, "Yeah, sure, cool, whatever. I don't care." But that's it. That was her point. And you never see her again. Never see her again. And she didn't. No, she didn't tell her about the the fountain of youth juice, like how it's made or anything. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No. I think that was Titus. Um, I don't think she's. I mean, she's a villain by nature of just like you know consuming planets to extend her life. Yes. Um, but compared to the others, not really. You know. Honestly, to me, she's the best kind of villain. And, and that she's hot. Yes, that's true. I'm not going to deny that. There's just like random butt shot, which I'm like, yeah, you do, you, Terry Tuppence Middleton. Nice ass. Uh, that just sounded crass. I'm sorry. I apologize, everyone. Um, we can cut that out. <laughs> no, no, it's left in. It's left in. I'm, I'm, I'm Mia Culpa. Um, what was I going to say? I was distracted. Um, she's a good villain. Yeah, she's a good villain because. I think they got it out of order. I feel like, not if this had a sequel, 
but I feel like she's been pulling the strings on her brothers because Balaam is her competitor in business. And she set up that he like gets ruined. Like he gets killed by the end of this. She's just oh, like, yeah, kind of they had a the whole strings. like, they had a whole like political intrigue angle where it's like, who would this benefit? Think about it, you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cat. <laughs> and again, too this, many names. this kind of sums up like that originally Jupiter's character was Jupiter's player was told this is going to be like an intrigue thing. Like she's told, hey, you're going to have all these intrigues, you know, these different warring factions in a family. Um, and she's given like all the details. And it does kind of feel like the person who walks away with all the gold at the end of the day is Kalik. And she's just like quite happy to be that person. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I know where all this stuff comes from. I'm quite happy to be the villain in that story. I'm not going to directly act against you guys. And that in an RPG is really fun. That's a cyberpunk type of thing where you have this horrible mega corporation who's like, no, I'm going to hire you. And yes, I'm making the world worse for everybody else, but it's going to make okay for you right now. And just, you know what? We're going to destroy your enemies together. And that's it. Yeah. Just don't touch it's me. It's kind of a background villain. Not so much at yeah. the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, she's kind of like that evil fairy godmother who gives you everything. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to back you up. You go, sweetie. Just go destroy my enemies for me. And I'm going to keep my hands clean entirely. So again, she's the one working within the rules to get rid of her competition. Uh, let us now talk about um, Titus. I don't even want to know why he wants to marry his mother's clone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 deal with that in another day. Like, does he care that you know she's his mother, or is it just like a? It really is just because she's got large tracts of land equivalent of. It's honestly wild how much of this story I like didn't care about. You know, like. <laughs> It's fair. It is kind of because uh, it's like, oh, like they have to kill, will have to marry first so that he can kill her, like or something. Yeah, they've got they've got to marry oh, so Jesus. he can like claim all of her stuff, uh, and then he kills her, and because she won't have made a will yet, all of her stuff goes to him, and he she, wants that because he has no. He was stuff. trying to convince her to marry him by saying that yeah. like only he could protect the earth or something like yeah oh jesus like this is a this film is meant to be a metaphor because we have the scene earlier when she's talking with Catherine dolvaney about what marriage means and like if someone asks all that kind of stuff but it doesn't really matter like it's not it's a little too anvilicious yeah, like it's a very heavy thing getting dropped in our heads. Um, actually, I remember the start, the start being a little bit confusing because at first I thought it was like a mistaken identity sort of thing. Like they were yeah. trying to get her friend, but then they got her instead. She doesn't. But it turns out friends. they were trying to they were trying to get her, but they mistook yeah. her friend for her because of the eggs and oh. the stupid like, egg plot line, which don't know where. Except layers, they're being harvested. You, know? you see, they're being harvested like people are. It's just layers, and it's like you, you see don't how need to... it's <laughs> okay. Titus, yeah. I don't want to talk about Titus anymore. He's an incubus. That's all I wanted to the, say. He's, the weird he's... wedding, yeah, yeah, the weird um, wedding. Like, oh, we're having this massive wedding. Yes, that because felt Rotti like the end. Married. Felt like the end of the film. Yes, because in a classic fantasy tale, that is the end of the film. There's a wet. Think of the Princess Bride. Think of Robin Hood men Shrek. in tights. Shrek. They rush in. And they stop the wedding. Hooray! Yeah. The end. Um, but no, Balaam's still around, this cool vampire guy. And honestly, well done, Eddie Redmayne. He, like, fucking nailed this role. Uh, I mean, that's... He went wild with it, you know? I'll say I that. I know. There was some mm, interesting scenery. choices. Om nom 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 nom. Interesting choices. Uh, some acting choices made in this film. Choices were made. Um, the others will be blamed. <laughs> I, what I like is each, all three of them tell the truth to her or some variation of it. Yes. It's not straight, just straight lie. Yeah. Like, 
Kaliks or like, this is why people are after you because you are this person who the genetic, like kind of sets it up. And Titus is all like, all of our stuff is built on lies and this this Regen X is actually people. Regen X is people. Um, and smashes it and, and or she smashes it, but you know, she tells them the truth there. And Balaam is like, my mother wished for death. And it's like, I feel that, that he was telling the truth there. It's like his he was beating the shit out of his mother because, you know, he wanted to kill her for whatever reason. She was like, no, do it. And yeah, yeah I, I feel like all of them told the truth in their way. And that's a great villain to me. I mean, they're no Silco. They're no Silco, that's true. But Silco doesn't have a dragon man like flying around and beating the shit out of people for him. That was fucking awesome. There's a couple of those dragony people, right? I know. I love that for him. He's so cool. Those He's got cool. his own little dragon. Yeah. He's got his dragon army. It was awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like that world building of the dragon people. They make cool lackeys. I like a villain that you can determine by their lackeys. Um, that's a nice way of doing it. That you've got He had these. a cool lair. He had a cool lair on Jupiter. I get it because yeah. it's Jupiter ascending. Not sure exactly sure what that lead did uh, or why it exploded. It felt um, like a like a discount, especially on that planet with that lair. I, I got like big kind of discount June vibes. Like, yes, that's true. The spice like must flow. Inho- it's inhospi- It's inhospitable. Like everywhere else outside of this place. Yeah, um, on that planet. Yeah, it seemed like that's where they were processing people and turning them into Regen X. But where the people going from is like they're like, okay, cool, we're just going to start, um, you know, feats. I guess what is it, seeding Earth for a few millennia, and um, we've got this place here. This is our production place that just happens to be nearby, but we're actually getting people from all over the universe to come here. It's like why is it like really good for the, the commute? Most- efficient like why do you need a planet to be alive for thousands of years to well it's about the population growth like they've got to get it so big (sighs) so big that the 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 planet cannot maintain it and that's the most possible people you can get it's like yeah you could pick the the mulberries off the bush when they're like a week afterwards this is what sean bean was telling us you got to wait for them to be ripe ripe is what he said he said that right um, and Regen X is, of course, a fantastic name. Oh, no, uh, it's not. I hate it so much. It's so good. It so <laughs> oh my god! Is it is it better oh. or worse than Unobtainium? It is better, actually. It is honestly better. <laughs> Unobtainium, like oh, like the at least at least Regen X, the name describes it adequately. You know, like yes. Unobtainium. It's like we're here to obtain it. Like that's literally the whole planet is made of it. You know. But it's but it's unobtainium, so we can't. Oh my gosh, I feel conflicted. It needs to be hard to obtainium, like yeah, almost unobtainium. Did you watch the second <laughs> Avatar movie? I've only seen the second Avatar movie. <sighs> that is also just a drag. That just keeps going. And... <laughs> it really is. One, oh yeah, I liked some moments of that. There was a moment when um, what's Zoe Saldana's character's name? I don't care, Navi. Sure, um, where she's fighting on the the hovercraft. The hovercraft, sure. And it's got her the point of view of the the little boy human. And I'm like, yeah, these things will be fucking terrifying to watch in action. Because they're eight feet tall. It would be literally like you're living in Alien. Yeah. Like these giant monsters who can just slaughter you in your sleep. And you're just like, I'm just a little boy. Don't kill me. Um, <laughs> all right. We're not really running out of time. We could go on forever, I feel. There's so much to talk about. Don't One thing I want to touch on. Um, that idea of the hidden world. Like, this is very Wachowski's. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Um, and I want to talk about why can't America do the hidden world trope very well? Why can the British do it fantastically and the US does it really poorly? What do you mean? Are you talking about how they just cause wanton destruction and everywhere all across the city and then they just hand wave it all away? Yeah. 
no, that's a DM moment right there. That's like, oh, fuck, I forgot this takes place in in a highly populated area. You know what? We have, we made prestidigitation. Yeah. It's gone. The, the keepers are just able to do that. They just, oh, remember how you forgot about them when they cast Mind of Fan Memory? That's just, that's just what they do to everyone. Yeah, they didn't like remove the, only... the picture on your phone, the hard evidence that would actually yeah. <laughs> prove it or not. The only hidden world, like Harry Potter is a hidden world where there's yeah. this secret society and ecosystem essentially behind the walls of the world that you need and it is very queer coded as well like that's a, a great thing of and course, it yeah. works it's a great way of doing an rpg like i can see so many games that are so much fun to run for that because you can have players particularly ones who might not be familiar with the world slowly getting indoctrinated indoctrinated uh introduced to this world via and you can do the exposition of oh shit you don't even understand that why the magic works all right here's the explanation from an npc and that's kind of what it's going on here but american films just do it so badly the only one i've seen do it well is men in black oh men in black is so good for that yeah Yeah. and i mean that was a comic first so it had the time would you count hellboy um no actually because it's it's based on something or no because it's based on something because hellboy in particular doesn't try to keep this as a hidden world it's like no the world it's like there's fucking monsters everywhere man it just no one admits it like this is very much like there's a secret world where it is pulled over our lives the truth is out there sort of sort of aspect to it like you've got the little keepers who are basically eight like gray aliens but yeah, everyone goes about classic, their regular yeah. day lives without really thinking about it. And there's reasons why these things, like the reason that the gray aliens are there is because people have encountered them and there's other stuff going on out in the universe. And it's very much, yeah, there's like this secret society that gets to know the real what the real world is like and you don't. It, it just really yeah, fascinates me. Yeah, I never thought me. about it, I'm, but mm. you're t- yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I, again, I mean, Buffy's the same. I feel in the US ones, they just kind of have a willful ignorance about it, that it is the, the game master hand-waving. Again, people just didn't notice. It's like, no one yeah. really saw that. Whereas the um, the British first, like you have it with Narnia, you have it with, uh, well, the greatest one is, is Terry Pratchett with um, the Johnny series, where they literally go back in time and he's just like, people's brains just, try to avoid thinking about that and if you're sufficiently weird enough you'll keep thinking about it it's just that's just how humans work because we want to we want to think that the world is normal um anyway that's just a a random comment i wanted to say that hey it's be really fun to have those and i'm going to run a thirsty sword lesbians game very much like that which will be fun um (laughs) sure um, this this movie broke me. What did you make me watch? I just keep like honestly, there's not as much stuff. Most of the stuff to talk about with this movie is just how bad it is. It's like it's yeah. more. There's a lot of lessons to learn of like what to avoid. I think is, there's is a lot of lessons of to learn from what to avoid. But no, I think there's a lot of things to learn from as well. Like the aesthetics of it. Here's here's the question. Whenever I'm going to do a film now, um, from here on out, and there will be more. Uh, whenever we do a film on this podcast, I want to ask, would you run a game in this world? Oh, that's a good question, actually. You know what? It's kind of the rules are loose enough where maybe if it's like a shorter form campaign where it's like, you know what? Yeah, like I don't have to worry about the actual consequences of things. I can just have fun with it. Um, Honestly, less of the... I would do less of like the big picture stuff and just like focus on... Yeah, like a specific planet or whatever, and like, yeah, we got some cool tech. We can do some fun stuff. I, I for sure would do that. I'd have like heists to seal the region X. I'd have bounty hunting for somebody who pissed off one of the nobles. I'd have legion drops on a planet that's just refusing to bow to the Aegeus or some or the Aegeus. There's a lot of stuff there that you That'd could be a, use. A skyjacker or whatever it was. Yeah, whatever they're called. Like you get these cool wings. Like there is a lot of material to mine. Oh, the wings were so YA, like at the end. Oh yeah. He's an angel werewolf, you see. <laughs> oh my god. 
Somebody read Stephanie Meyer but and went, yeah, we did Angel I Sin. also, I was, I was thinking back to the wedding scene and there's a whole Job. thing where like, there's a, the setup to that is like, uh, like we need, we need Sean Bean on board because without him, there's no way we can take on this fortress or whatever. And then they go there and the plan is like literally Channing Tatum and Sean Bean are just like by themselves going straight yeah, needs, at them. He needs That's two the people. Pl- the plan is to go head on with just two of them. He, <laughs> he can't do that with anyone else. He needs another person to do it. Oh my God. And it's like, what is that? that I mean, that's a classic D&D strategy right there. It's like, oh yeah. It's like, it's like, we need you play a character. We can't do this mm-hmm. without you. What's the plan? Oh, we're just going straight. Yep. Let's go straight at the, the big army. Yep. Just going to charge at them. All right. Cool. 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 Got it. Yep. Cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Are you going to give us backup? No, no, you got a suit. You'll be good. So many of these problems are solved by Jupiter's in a, in a situation Kane just like smashes through everything and gets to her, and that's it. That's the that's she's saved the end. Yeah. All right. It's, speaking it's of endings. Great. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of endings. One feel, last thing I want to do. How do you feel about well. the ending of this? The ending of this. Um, I hated it. Thanks for asking. Um, really hated it. Uh, hated make the sense. fact. Well, she gets to go back to well. Okay. All that's the not things true. that don't make sense. Like, why would you go back to being? Just like you, you hated your life so much before. But now she knows she's part of something bigger and she's doing <sighs> service. She's the one that's actually can control this whole planet. She's the one that's protecting it by not handing it over to other people. Definitely no one. There's going to be no problems with this in the future. <laughs> is she like, is it like a codependency thing, you know, where she thinks that like, like a Stockholm syndrome almost, where she like thinks that having a tough life and being poor is good for her like i like the idea that service of a, of a ruler having to serve the country like that and by the country i mean scrub toilets yeah it's like surely there's a middle ground right between yeah. scrubbing toilets and having to sell your eggs to buy things and yeah, which, you know being that's such a- owning the entire planet and other planets as an immortal there's- being it's not, it doesn't even feel like it's set up for a sequel. It's just like, oh, yeah, write your fanfics about what happens when they go into space and fight other people. But for right now, she's just going to go on a date with him and she's still going to live at home with her family and money's not going to be a problem anymore for reasons. Um, I Yeah, so I hated the ending. I hated it so much. I did get yeah. Dune vibes just all the time watching this as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. um so I was going to say, hey, let's break Not down some way. of the characters yeah. <laughs> into into what classes we reckon they'd be in D and D. But do you reckon we oh, want to do that? Let's we can do one. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Let's do let's do Kane. Kane wise. Kane. All right. Um, he's got principles. Yep. But would you put him as a paladin? Nope. I've got no? thoughts about what I'd make him. I want to see what you think. Oh, I mean, he's very. I'm trying to think of like where you draw that line between like technology and magic as well. Like if you're kind of transferring. I just said, um, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, no, I He's might put him boots, Paladin, it's honestly. Like, I'm making a ranger fighter. Ranger fighter. Okay. Yeah. Any specific feel subclass? Like, um, no. Is <laughs> ranger because he's part animal? Yes. Basically. Like he's tracking, yeah. Yes, because uh, he's tracking and because he's part animal. Um, and fighter, just because that's what he does. It's like genetically encoded into him to be a fighter. Yeah. And that- What about Stinger? Up. Stinger is a Swarmkeeper Ranger. <laughs> yeah, Stinger is very much a Swarmkeeper. It's very obvious. Uh, <laughs> the only other ones I could really think of, I mean, apart from the three villains that we mentioned earlier, um, who I had thoughts about, um, who is it? A G- Agia Singe, the the captain of the the ship that keeps coming to save her, to save Jupiter. Oh yeah, like uh, that, I, I keep forgetting she was the... a paladin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you keep forgetting like there's other characters. Well, like like who's she's whose side she's on? Like I know she's always on like the good side. She's the the cops that you can trust. Uh, but what yeah. is Jupiter then? What is Jupiter? Jupiter's a fucking commoner, like. <laughs> No, Jupiter's a war. She's a level zero. She's got the noble background, but she's level zero. She yeah. hasn't reached a class yet. See, I see. I still see her as a warlock. 
with her, like her high charisma. Yeah, high charisma, potentially a sorcerer, I guess. Sorcerer kind of makes but, sense, yeah. Yeah, I feel like one of those spell casting classes, but she's very much the power wasn't like it's nothing that she's trained for, it's just innate to her. It's kind of been thrust on her. That makes sense, yeah. So yeah, sorcerer or warlock, I think, for those. And it's very much about her discovering how to use that power. Like, and warlock, because well, the only reason she has power is because all these other planets are getting wiped out, and that's seen as currency. So her power is built on something very, very dark. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah. And she's had to make like a whole bunch of deals to to keep. It's hard to imagine her like she's just so uncharismatic in this film. I know. I know. We are sorry, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, your name. Um, you're definitely gonna hear this. <laughs> please yeah. don't. Please she's don't listen. she's to listening this to this live, you're, yeah. You are better than this. Yeah, she's in the room now. Um, we should get oh. out of here, I reckon. Wait, oh, there's more thing. you want to say. Oh god, no. Why why are they speaking English? Sometimes they're speaking Russian. That's well. That's the thing. Sometimes they speak a different language. Sometimes the aliens speak alien, but there is just no consistency at all in when they speak one language or another. They speak the language when someone else is around. I don't know. I don't. Right, want we'll to just know. leave. We'll leave that one for you, audience. All right. Listeners. No, no. That one makes sense. That one makes sense. That's where the the game master's gone. Look. Okay. They're actually speaking uh, Grey Alien, but thankfully you speak Grey Alien, so we're not going to do the voices. We're just going to talk normally, okay? <laughs> uh, okay, and the uh, appropriate party member isn't there all the time, so they sometimes yeah. they refer back to <laughs> Some, <laughs> Sometimes they refer back. Or sometimes they forget and, like, we're going to, like, really role-play this out, and it gets, like, five lines in and, like, ah, i got to change back. I, I need to actually, like, <laughs> tell you this thing. <laughs> Oh that God. feels like how it went. Because I do that a lot with Elvish. It's like, all of this is in Elvish. You don't understand it. You two don't understand it. You do. So I'm just yep. talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let us get out of here. Um, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate us wherever podcasts are found. Send us an email, dndntvpod at gmail.com. Come over to Instagram at dndntvpod. Uh, we're probably not on TikTok yet because I'm lazy. Um what else? Tell your friends if you want to want to hear them or have them hear about how dogs. we just ripped. If you love dogs, uh, send us pictures of your dogs. We'd love that. We really would, wouldn't we, a thief? I'll show you all the pictures of dogs that come through. Nice. Yeah. Um, but until next time, stay safe. Uh, be kind to yourself. May all your hits be crits. And um, <laughs> I can't even think of an ending. Love dogs. <laughs> This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.